2: It's the, the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our Y-n or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man who is inside. If the Y-n has the linebacker take him out, he cuts inside. If the Y-n has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. Look at this play we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.
3: Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. Uh, Just jumping on here to talk a little Packers, and uh, it seems like we've got some news breaking on the defensive coordinator. Um, We're still awaiting complete confirmation, complete confirmation. You know, we're waiting for the team or maybe someone like Ian Rappaport or or even Rob Domofsky or someone like that that you know have have those credentials that they protect, right? Um, and don't want to put out any information prematurely. But it sounds like Green Bay may have found, and I'm I'm choosing my words wisely here, all right. They may have found their defensive coordinator, and it is one of the candidates. (laughs) <laughs> it is one of the candidates that we talked about earlier today. You know, we talked about they were bringing him four to potentially interview. And I'm assuming those interviews have taken place, seeing that it's starting to, you know, kind of leak out that Christian Parker may be the guy. So uh, for those of you, you know, wondering what the heck I'm talking about, maybe you've been living under a rock for a couple of days, Matt Schneiden tweeted this out and said, he was a defensive quality control coach in Green Bay from 2019 to 2020, where he quote tweeted Ian Rappaport and said, the Packers have interviewed rising Hashtag Broncos DB's uh, coach Christian Parker for their vacant defense coordinator job. Sources said just 32 years old, Parker has impressed. So that was obviously, uh, I think it was earlier today or maybe even yesterday when that tweet dropped. Well, here just a little time ago, we had uh, Andrew Murdig. I hope I'm saying that last name right, buddy. We were going to try to get him on the show. He's out running errands, but he did give us uh, permission to share this. He feels really good about uh, the fact that he kind of reported on this. It says, based on two separate sources, Christian Parker is currently in Green Bay, and I'm being led to believe he has been offered the Green Bay defensive coordinator job. No word on if it has been accepted. Okay. So that's important, too. You know, they yeah. offered him the job. Maybe he's coming back with a counter offer and wanting more money. Um, that could be the case. It could be maybe a little more say. You know how contracts can go, right? But um, Andrew, like I said, chatting with him. Um, just a few seconds ago, actually about less than five minutes ago, he said, Yeah, man, you're good to go share it. I just didn't I didn't want to share it on here, blast it out to, I don't know, twelve hundred people that watched the show or whatever. And then uh all of a sudden have um, you know, uh it, it turned out to not be true. And then Andrew looks like he's got egg on his face. We never want to do that to anyone. But that being said, it's looking like this is probably uh legit. Now will he accept it? That's that's the question, right? And like Andrew points out in the chat, there's no word on if it's been accepted. There's also no word on that it's, that it's been declined or any reason to believe he hasn't accepted it, right? They may just be holding out to make the announcement and make it all at one time. But um, on the surface, Tim, we kind of talked about uh, Christian Parker a little bit, and we can go into more detail on it. I'm going to go to the chat real quick. Um, <laughs> it's already started. I love it, man. Um, yeah. So, uh, look at here. Yeah, all right. Here we go. No pointer said any any rumors of me accepting any position with the Packers is greatly exaggerated. I like that, Doug. I like it. Doug comes back and says, fire. Well, oh, this is a different Doug, actually. Double Doug in here. They uh they're doing the work tonight. He says, fire Christian Parker into the sun. JK, JK. So um love it. Paul Robertson, what a DB coach that's not Al Harris, Twitter will not stand for this. <laughs> Hashtag fire Christian Parker. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh
0: my god says, I, I
3: highly i highly doubt parker would reject the offer i agree drew of course you know see that's a great
0: point because the yeah, first thing I the thought of, what, yeah like what what we need to find out is yeah, where, where else has well. he interviewed you okay. know is he has he been interviewed for any other dc vacancies um or you know any other offers so i you, you got to think if he is indeed been offered the job then he's probably going to take it yeah absolutely
3: uh, Jen Wright said, LFG. She's fired up over it. Doug Pointer says, never accept the first offer. That's right. That's a –
4: huh, a... it-
3: <laughs> Jen said, it's on X already. Like I said, we shared the the the, the Twitter post that I've seen. I know there's several other people uh, jumping on that now, but definitely wanted to uh, give credit to the pers- the first person to report it, like I said, and then get his permission. Again, it, it, it may not be true, right? There's a chance of that. We want to point that out on this show, but um, – yeah. And here's the thing, if it turned out to not be true, let's not pile on Andrew just because it didn't turn out to be true if it didn't, then, you know, who knows maybe it was someone jumped the gun that gave him the info, right? Let's just yeah. give each other a little bit of grace, but I'm thinking, you know, the tea reading the tea leaves sound like he's probably the guy. Drew D says I'm super pumped if Parker is the guy, so everybody seems pretty positive about this potential hire. Um, M. Smitty, 1386. So when does the Christian Parker witch hunt start? J.K., looking forward to this discussion. Um, Listen, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, his resume. We're going to talk about where he's been, his coaching history. Um, I played a video earlier today, Tim. You probably didn't get to see it. Um, I could try to find it again maybe. But uh, just hearing him talk, it was after practice. He seems like a very intelligent guy, um, very well-versed. Uh, obviously coach LaFleur locked him a lot when he was quality control coach uh, there for the defense here in green Bay, he goes to Denver, but we're also going to point out guys, what his position group did too. Right. It's important to do that. You know, if you see it, you got to say it, even the negative stuff. Some of you guys are going, Oh no, Clayton, I don't like how this is setting up. I'm just saying we got, to, right. And the same thing was said about LaFleur when he took the job. Right. Um, So, you know, when, when LaFleur you know took the job with Green Bay, there wasn't nobody going, This is the guy. They were immediately looking at what did he do in Tennessee? Man, they stunk yeah. on offense.
0: Wasn't he gonna get fired in Tennessee? Yeah, yeah he was, right?
3: Him and Mike he sure butted yeah. heads there at the end. So Mike Hebring with the super chat. Appreciate you, buddy. He said, Mistake not to wait to talk to the Ravens DC coaches. That's this is kind of what I was talking about earlier, Mike. Um, I know exactly where you're coming from, man. You know, earlier today I was talking about, I'm like, look, you can go ahead and get a jump on some of the other candidates that you're excited about, right? Get those interviews in the books and then plan on interviewing the others. But at the same time, if you get someone in and they interview and they knock it out of the freaking park and you're like, this is the guy. I know this is the guy. If you wait for those other coaches and someone else swoops in and offers this guy a DC job, interviews him, offers him a job, don't let him leave the building, that type of thing. Then you could miss out on the the next best thing. Right? So, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have any experience or, or any insight on what it's like to do hiring within the NFL coaching staff. But, you know, these guys, obviously they, uh, you know, LaFleur didn't just make this decision on his own. If indeed the decision has been made, Um, you know, Mark, Mark Murphy was involved, you know, Goody was involved to a certain extent. I'm sure, um, you know, Matt talked to several people in the building. Right. So, um, it, is it a mistake to not wait and talk to the Ravens DC coaches I think mistake might be might be a, a little too strong of a word you know because if you know you got your guy you know you got your guy right and you risk losing him if you don't you know if you don't lock him down but uh, you guys know how I felt. I feel like Chris Hewitt was was one of the one of the top candidates in my opinion if you look at what Baltimore's done and you look at what Denver's done I think we would all agree you know Baltimore would be a a better team to try to pluck from as far as a defensive coach, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's, uh, that's going to turn out to be the end result, right? It could be something too, where the roster is just so stacked and Baltimore on defense them, you know, and that's why they're good, right? The players, it could be that there's one or two coaches in place that wasn't Chris Hewitt. That's, you know what I mean? Making things really churn there in Baltimore. That could be the case. So, um, just hard to know, really. But uh, thank you for the super chat, Mike. We appreciate you, buddy. Um, Let's see. Uh, Margin, Margin Cron said, Parker's already running the pre-event. <laughs> uh, yeah. Here's here's a question. Paul Robertson says, why won't Parker run man coverage? This is a disgrace. Um, Yeah. M. Smitty says, so does Preston move back to cornerback one? <laughs> well, fun. <laughs> we did break it down earlier. And uh, of the four candidates that were looking to be interviewed, Two or four three defenses and two or three four defenses. Christian Parker was a three four defense, so brace yourself. You will see Preston Smith in coverage from time to time moving forward. It will happen. Um, so, just put it this way: I will be absolutely shocked if it doesn't happen a handful of times next year. Okay, right? Because that's that's the beast that is the thirty four defense. Now, one thing that we could look at, and um, yeah, think what were they
0: me. running in Denver?
3: Let's let's see what they did. In Denver as far as base. Yeah, there you go. They ran seventh most base. So they were in 34 base. You know what, Tim, that might have been more than Green Bay, matter of fact.
0: Wow. Well, look at um, yes. here.
3: So that's going to be, you know, um, yeah, you're going to see. It. The reason I say that's because like we looked at, at some of the other coaches like Bobby Babbitt, right? And that's the wrong yeah. grab. But on Bobby Babbage's breakdown here, bang, right here, you see they ran nickel 80% of the time. They ran their base defense, which would have been a 4-3 or a 3-4 for us, the least amount in the entire league. And then when you talked about uh, adding dirty um, down in Dallas, the defensive line coach, if he were to bring in that entire, you know, defensive scheme with him, then they were running base. (laughs) 31st. So the, the, uh, the bills were dead last in base defense as far as how often they ran it. And, uh, the Cowboys were, uh, next to dead last. So, uh, now listen, that doesn't mean that those numbers are going to completely come over, right? Tim, like it, it doesn't mean that they're going to come in and call the exact same defense with Denver. That may have been the conversation that, that Matt had with Christian Parker, if indeed he does get hired. And I'm going to continue to say if, because we don't know for sure yet, but, um, if that was the case and he is hired, maybe Matt told him like, Hey, look, we don't want to change too much. We want to keep this. We want to keep that aspect, which you guys know in Denver, um, with, uh, Vance Joseph being there, he comes from the Mike Nolan kind of school of thought from way back in the day. Uh, I wouldn't really, I don't know if I would consider that Fangio. I don't think I would. I think that's more along the lines of the Mike Petton style defense, Yeah, but I could be wrong there. I could be wrong there. Um, Anyway, you got anything you want to add, Tim, to before we move forward here?
0: Um, just real quick, I noticed uh Doug in the chat, Patriots interviewed Parker, but chose an internal hire. So so he has been been interviewed. Uh thank you, Doug, for the uh the info. That's good to know. And uh, you you want to see that, right? You don't want you you don't want the guy coming into Title Town that like nobody else is looking at. So um, you know, and you're right, numbers and, and stats are great, these metrics are great, but it doesn't always tell you everything about you know, how this guy is running his, uh, his defense or, you know, or that secondary room. Now, if the, if the DBs, I'm sure we'll get into the meat and potatoes of this, uh, in a little bit, but, um, the DBs didn't look so hot on paper in Denver last year. That's not necessarily an indictment on, you know, Mr. Parker here as a, as a coach. So we have to remember that, you know, you can let the numbers kind of skew your opinion sometimes, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. This is a, uh, Someone who's not unfamiliar with Green Bay. You know, we just talked about that. He spent a year here. Um, so if you're going to be a first-time D.C., right, this is a step up for him. First, you know, first year as a D.C., I think it gives him an advantage if he's coming into a familiar environment, you know. Yeah. Um, he's familiar with Lafleur, He's familiar with, uh, you know, Lambeau and what it means to be a part of the Packers organization. So um, I think it could be a good thing. But, again, we, we don't know. We have no idea yet. I guess all we know is that he's been interviewed. Um, At least that's all we can confirm at this point.
3: Yeah, definitely. And uh, Mastermind said, what position do you think Goody uh, will pick at 25? You know, we did uh, three mock drafts yesterday, and uh, we keep going back and forth because some people love the mock drafts. Some people hate them. I don't want to do too much of it. But when people ask like you're asking, Mastermind we will bring it up. Um, It doesn't really matter what we think you kind of go off a of precedent, right? And and what has Goody done in the past? Um, it's going to be best player available, right? And if there's a cluster of, of players in the same tier with the same draft grade, he'll probably – I know people don't want to hear this, but he will probably lean towards um, left tackle, you know, offensive tackle in general, um, edge defender, right? Those are the two that he really kind of and, – and keep in mind, too, he's really, really cornerback happy in the first round. Right. We've seen that over and over and over. So um, those would probably be the three that I would put my money on. But again, we don't know how the draft board is going to fall. Right. And we don't even know what their draft board looks like. Like when I show you guys my draft board or I mentioned the consensus big board, or I mentioned Daniel Jeremiah or Mel copper, any of these guys, you know, the green Bay Packers draft board may be totally different. So, you know, Um, You, you, you have a position that maybe isn't as elite or as a premier position. um, And uh, the player is, you know, two or three tiers ahead of the current, you know, the current uh, position that you do deem the premier position. Maybe you go with them. The value is just too good. Right. So Mm -hmm. uh, if I had to guess, though, if if you made me, if you, if you say Clayton, you have got to pick right now, not who do I want them to take, but who do you think they'll take as far as a position? I would probably have to say tackle, to be honest with you. Um, I could just see it playing out that way more than any other position. You went you went edge last year. You went Devontae Wyatt the year before. You got Quay Walker the year before. Um, you know they don't like to give up on their guys. Now, if you're asking me who would I like to see them take, it would be interior defensive line or cornerback, or I'm sorry, or safety. That would be mine. I would be willing to reach a touch to get the best safety in the draft because he'll probably be available at that spot. Um, just seeing how Kitchens has kind of fallen into the fold along with, uh, you know, the the my my draft crush, nubin which I've got my draft board here just to kind of give you guys a quick glance at it. We'll just be real fast with this. But when you look for safety here, right, on my board, and it's not finished, so keep that in mind, but when you look for safety, you don't see one there in the top 50, right? Like you don't yep. – They would be highlighted blue, by the way, because that's a tier two position of importance, in my opinion. So when you see that on all my mock drafts, I ended up taking Newbin in the second round, and I actually chose Newbin over Kitchens because I liked him more. So if if this draft board were to line up with the Packers, and I'm not suggesting it does, but you go to pick 25 and down, look who's sitting there at 25. Uh, Zach Frazier, center, the second-best center in the draft, according to my board as it sits right now, right? Are you going to take a center in the first round? I don't know, you know, because they took Elton in the second round, right? And I'm pretty yep. sure they had a first-round talent on him. but it just shows you how they how they feel about that. But nonetheless, I appreciate the question there, whoever that was. I already dropped it down. I apologize, but uh, <laughs> nothing wrong with talking draft. You won't get scolded in here. Uh, Chad Ink says, if, the, if Parker does get the job – I love how you worded that, Chad. Thank you for being responsible. Yep. He says, if Parker does get the job, I'm excited about this, t- his time under Evero. Um, I'm sure he learned some good things that he can adapt into his scheme under Evero. So, uh, yeah, it's let's let's kind of dive into his coaching history real quick, just so we can kind of get a glance at it. I believe I've got a screen grab here. Yeah, here we go. And, and again, Chad, good to see you in there, buddy. Appreciate you. So, if we were to look at his coaching history here, 2013, he was a Virginia State Uh, graduate assistant. They're saying that's D2 school, obviously. In 2014, he was the defensive backs coach. So 2013, graduate assistant. 2014, got promoted to defensive backs coach for Virginia State. So you see his specialty is definitely with defensive backs. In 2015, 2016, he was with Norfolk State, you know, FCS. He was the defensive backs coach there. Then in 2017, he jumped all the way to Notre Dame. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know who the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are defensive analyst there. So he to me, he seems to be like extremely intelligent, just to be honest with you guys. He when you hear him talk and I've got a video here, he just seems like he's he he kind of reminds you. He kind of reminds you of uh Mike Tomlin when
0: he talks. Yeah. High right? football IQ. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I wish I wish Mike Tomlin was white because people would say, click, you're only saying that because they're both black. That's not the no, I'm not saying that calm down you bunch of,
0: a of coaches here that's yeah. that's what we are doing
3: when you hear him talk though he's just confident man he's and he seems really intelligent and he's just he just to me he does put off some Mike Tomlin vibes to be honest with you in 2018 he went from Notre Dame to Texas A&M as defensive analyst and then in 2019 and 2020 he was with the Green Bay Packers with Matt LaFleur his first year as defensive quality control coach and then in 2021 He went over to the Denver Broncos as defensive backs coach, and he's been there, obviously, through last year. So that's kind of his resume. You see he's a defensive back specialist. We talked about the main thing that these top teams are doing in the league right now, Baltimore, Kansas City, and San Francisco. They have the three best defenses in the league right now, in my opinion. Some people would look at DVOA and say, no, that's not true. That's okay. We can agree to disagree. But Baltimore was number one in points per game and points per play. Kansas City was number two in both categories. San Francisco was number three in both categories. Passing defense, Baltimore was first. Kansas City was second. San Francisco was fifth. Rush defense, 23rd, 25th, and 17th. So they're putting that run defense on the back burner. The fact that LaFleur may be targeting a coach whose specialty is with the defensive backs, I don't think that's a coincidence there for
0: sure. Yeah. So- Um, And looking at his resume too, this, this gives you an insight into why, you know, he's a, he's a coach on the rise, as they say. mm -hmm. Um, You can see he's moving up pretty quickly here. And, um, you know, to be a grad assistant, and then, you know, yeah, it's a D2 school, but then immediately be offered a coaching position after one year, um, just shows you right away, you know, who you're dealing with. Um, You know, there's guys that stay at the lower, lower rungs of coaching for several years before they ever get a shot at being a DB coach or something like that. So to see uh him kind of working through the the college ranks and then um yeah, his NFL career is, you know, off to a, a blazing start here. He's already being considered for for DC positions. So um yeah. You know, could be it could be a really good hire um if it does in fact happen, you know.
3: Yeah. For sure. Um, and, and that's the thing, too. Like people will see the stats, and, and I'm seeing people already kind of combing through it here. As you see, Mike said, Mike Evering said the Denver D did give up 70 big ones to Miami. So there's that. Yeah, there's, like I said, their numbers didn't look good, Mike. Either. Oh,
0: and we got the Dolphins at Lambeau this year. Coming up, oh,
3: Lord have mercy. Here you guys go. Why do y'all do this to me, Tim?
0: we <laughs> this. We're we don't know keep, when. We just know who and where. <laughs> we're
3: trying to keep this positive and look at look at a positive outlook. Like, hey, this guy's going to be. I think he's going to be a good hire. You know, they see something in him. Lafleur knows more about it than us. And then Mike comes in here and says, "Oh yeah, by the way, they give up a seventy burger." Just saying. Uh, appreciate you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. See what else we got in the chat. Anything else? All right. Let's do this. Let's hear, we played this video earlier today, and I know there you know, some people that weren't watching Good Morning Lambo. so why don't we hit this video real quick? This is actually Christian Parker earlier this year. It looked like it was after practice or something. I want you guys to tell me if you get that same Mike Tomlin vibe. He speaks with confidence, seems extremely intelligent, and uh, just uh, just seems like he's got a real grab of the game. Let's hear him.
1: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks.
4: Yeah, I think he, you know, he's always trying to teach, you know, that's the main thing. Situational awareness is so important to him. He always says, you know, more games are lost than they're won. So he wants guys to always be educated and understanding of what situation we're in and how we expect them to perform. Um, he's very uh, direct with his communication and language about those things. So everybody's on the same page in terms of how they're receiving that information and, and how we expect them to execute it. What
1: excites you about the
4: Yeah, I think uh, you know number one on their college tape, those guys were very versatile. Um, they all had different skill sets, and, and we can you know primary job, secondary job, and they fit how we want to play defense. Um, I think as we've started off, all those guys have been very focused. Um, the, the the mental is really big with, with Coach Payton, so we want guys who can learn that we know we can teach and mold, in the way that we want them to play. Obviously, they already have the talent. Both of those guys have really taken that approach. I mean, obviously, JL hasn't been out there, but meetings, walkthroughs, he's dialed in like it's game day. And that's exactly what you want to see from young guys and them kind of learning from the older vets and, and being able to find their way. Well, I think that, um, you know, sometimes as coaches, we can, you know, you there's a certain way we can talk upstairs and a certain way that you talk to the players. So you don't want to give them too much information. We have to streamline it for them. And then when guys have been coached for a while, then they can kind of put it in even more, like, layman's terms to their teammates because it's a different perspective because they're actually out there on the field. So we have that perspective as we talk to them. But then sometimes, like, the way KJack can talk about something to a guy might be the same message as me, but it might be another way of doing it. So however it hits their brain, whether it's, you know, in the meeting with me, a walkthrough with me, they come off the field, I tell, hey, you know, Justin, grab grab him and, you know, go over X, Y, Z. He knows what I'm talking about, and we can kind of put that direct message to him.
0: This is your third
4: head coach here that's sort of rare uh, what, what's that been like for you um yeah I mean it's, it's been you know it's a blessing to be honest with you because you know I do enjoy it here I enjoy the room I enjoy the guys that I coach and and the organization as a whole um, been able to learn from a lot of different guys and a lot of different schemes and kind of putting those all together so um yeah it's definitely been interesting but I think that you know now we're the place of continuity and we just keep building and stacking and, and it's a learning opportunity for me
3: all right, there you go. It was Christian Parker when he was with the Broncos earlier this year. You see what I'm saying, Tim?
0: Yeah, I love what he said there when he was talking about, you know, as coaches we have to talk different in our in our internal meetings and game plan sessions as opposed to when we talk to players depending on the type of players we have. So look what we have here. We have predominantly young roster, right? So that's going to be absolutely vital uh, in Green Bay. And then you play that off of our veterans, our Preston Smiths and our Devondre Campbells and guys – that have been in this league for a while and uh, they've been coached for a long time. And those are your guys that are going to help disseminate some of the more complex um, issues in our defense down to the, you know, first, second, and third year guys. Um, and you got to remember it's going to be new for everyone, whoever, wh- whether it's Parker or whoever ends up with the DC job, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a new look, new vibes. We're not doing, we're, we don't want to talk about last year unless we're learning. We're going to tape and we're learning. And then we're looking forward with this new approach defensively. Um, I totally agree with Donald Krieger here. Uh, you know, a D coordinator with uh, a background specializing in the secondary is, is probably perfect for this uh, for this defense. And, you know, mm-hmm. I would agree with that for sure. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I, I tell you what, I got a feeling we're going to get news sooner than later. I had, I had told you offline a couple of days ago that I thought, you know, maybe by next Friday we'd have a uh, – you know, an idea of who our DC is going to be. I got, I got a feeling we could maybe get an answer here in the next, you know, couple days. So uh, we'll see. I know everyone's excited. We just want to know who it is, right? Like whoever it is, we just want to know.
3: Yeah. And I love the people going, well, look, can we just wait and see? Shut up. Yeah. You can go wait under a rock. We're going to continue to talk football this off season, but thank you for gatekeeping. Um, (laughs) I heard someone earlier today to say it too. It was actually a podcaster was talking. Yeah. I think it was earlier today, it was just like, um, essentially said, don't waste your time digging into what the new coordinator did, what their team did somewhere else, because it would be looking totally different here. And I'm going, well, yeah, of course, but are you really telling people they're not allowed to watch the tape and see what might change? And it just cracks me up, man. I'm like, why do you care?
0: Why we'll do see you care? It. We'll see you next season, you know, week one right after the preseason. Is yeah. over with.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll be here. We'll be we'll be we'll here. Be here the, the
0: whole time day. through OTAs and camp and off season. <laughs> see we'll see you next year. Yeah. It,
3: it really did reek of um I'm I'm not gonna take the time to really dive in and understand what this coach is good at. So I'm just gonna try to minimize what other people are gonna wanna do. Right. So that's really what it felt
0: like. But anyway, Judy yeah, says call what it is. You're being a hater, you're a yeah. hater. It's okay. <laughs>
3: Judy says uh, Notre Dame and Texas and Am are some pretty good college defenses as well. I agree, man. Some big Big campuses, big uh big programs for sure. He said, I'm feeling the second round might be the sweet sweet spot for safeties. That's what my draft board's showing. But again, when they get out there and running their underwear, uh, Drew, you know the the main uh the main draft boards are gonna flip, right? Um all it takes is is one or two bad measurements for for a couple of these guys and watch them sink on the board. I know my board won't move that far. I've got a, a perfect system set up to where the the combine will affect my board, but it won't be in a, in a just a crazy amount. Right. That's why last year I felt really good about Puka Nakua and other people were like, Oh no, he's a, you know, he's a day three guy. And it's like, I don't know, man. Because a- a
0: one, one 100th on his 40 time or something. Yeah. Stupid. Something crazy. Right? <laughs>
3: I don't even remember why they didn't like him, but it was just like, this makes no sense to me, man. He, he, everything you see of him on tape, he looks like he's going to be a masterful route runner. And he's got good hands, and it's just like, I don't know what you don't like about him, but maybe it was the name. I don't know. Could have been. But uh, let's see, Jen Wright says, uh, I am excited if this is a go. So, everybody's seeming pretty positive about it. Drew D. says, it's hard for me not to get excited, get so excited that he can't live up to expectations, LOL. That's the life of being a fan, Drew. No doubt about it, buddy. Uh, AFAM Ross in the chat says, Paul still collects Pepsi points.
4: <laughs> oh, we're going to give him some.
3: And then Paul comes back and says A fam wore a Marlboro jacket to his kids' baptism. <laughs> I love these guys. I say we got to get these three a podcast. I'm gonna give them the channel one night. I'm gonna get Eric Sutherland, Paul, and AFAM on here. I'm gonna go, you guys have at it. I'm taking the night off. And I just want y'all to try to get us canceled on here. That's all I want. That's the goal <laughs> for holy. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Let's see here. Uh uh, what else we got here? One more Doug pointer says, I agree with second round for safeties, but early in the second round, we will need to trade up to get Newbin, who I think is perfect for the Packers. Um, you know, the, the mock drafts really don't matter, right? We do them for fun and we do them to try to get a grab of art. Right, where's, where's the depth of the draft? Where's the weakness of the draft, that type of thing. And that'll steer you in the right direction in free agency on how the market is going to be hot or cold at certain positions. But, uh, I had no problem finding uh, you know, getting getting Nubin or Kenshin's in the second round with with our current second round pick. So um I don't I don't think it'll be an issue as it sits right now, Doug, but we know that that will all change, I'm sure, you know, for sure. Yeah, you got it, Doug. We will be demonetized in a second if we let those three knuckleheads take over. <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. Mastermind says, All I want from the new DC is to call aggressive plays and use Quay Mark Walker more in the blitz. He's too athletic and fast not to be used. Like Parsons. Um, Well, I don't think we want to use him like Parsons because Parsons is now a pass rusher. So he literally just rushes the passer. Um, Maybe he drops occasionally, but that first year, you know, he played played kind of inside linebacker and they realized this guy can rush the quarterback. Let's get him back there. Uh, Maybe that will eventually be Quay's job. Right. I don't know. But I would think that would fit more into like a Sam Backer and a 4-3. So if we stick with the 34, if indeed Christian Parker is the D.C., probably won't see it, right? Uh, But we'll see, man. Time will tell. Um, Let's do this. Let's uh, let's jump into some of the information. We talked about his coaching history, right? Let's talk about what Denver did good and did bad, all right? And I'm going to give you guys a a little teaser here. A lot of it was bad, all right? So uh, this isn't to be negative, but we're going to point out what Denver did, Right. And then we're going to specifically key in on the secondary and just see uh, maybe what kind of impact Christian Parker may or may not have had. And, And again, it doesn't mean he's going to be a great coach. It doesn't mean he's going to be a bad coach. These are just the numbers. All right. We can hit on it. So their EPA ranking all the way down the line when they were in base 34. This is the Denver Broncos. Keep in mind. 25th when they were in nickel, 27th when they were in dime, 20th against gap run. They were 22nd against zone run. They were 22nd. In man coverage, they were second. Keep in mind, they ran man coverage 27% of the time. Green Bay ran man coverage uh, 23% of the time. So, you know, uh, jumping 4%. So, you know, for every four defensive – or for every 100 defensive snaps, they would have ran four more uh, man coverage plays, right, if if I'm doing the math right there. So, that was – Well, that will from- make
0: uh, – we need to play more more man-to-man crowd happy.
3: <laughs> right. Now, one thing that does match up is our EPA in man – Um, I think we were like fourth in EPA and man. But when you look at the explosive plays it gave up in comparison to the explosive plays against our zone, man coverage was more susceptible to explosive plays. But their EPA was ranked higher, meaning the players performed better. So it does kind of the numbers do kind of lean you towards this roster is built to be more of a man coverage defense. But it doesn't matter how good you are at man coverage That's always going to be more vulnerable to the explosive plays as opposed to a shell zone match quarters spinners cover three top defense. So you got to take the good with the bad there. You want more aggressive. It seems like we may get it here, right? If, If Christian Parker is the man, if he brings some of this philosophy over with him, it may be something where LaFleur just says, you know what? You're the new D.C. I'll tell you exactly what I want. You know, that could be the case. So just keep that in mind, too. He is a young coach. It's not like bringing in a Wink Martindale where Wink, all right, Wink, it's yours. It's your baby. Go handle it, right? Um, So zone defense, they ran zone 58% of the time. They were 30th in EPA when they brung three rushers, three pass rushers. They were 13th in EPA, four rushers. It dropped all the way down to 30th, five rushers. It was at 22nd, six-plus rushers. Their EPA went up to 12th. Okay, they brung six plus rushers, four percent of the time that was 17th most in the league, five rushers. They did it fourth most in the league at 28 percent. All right. So uh, we did a lot of that in Green Bay, too, Uh, you know, bringing five rushers. You guys know, especially with that that 34 jam look, we like to like to play a little cover one. And bring those front five after the quarterback, unless, of course, they did a funky shift, and then we would slide an OLB out there most of the time. Preston Smith to drop into coverage. So uh, pressure percentage, thirty-four percent of the time. That was nineteenth most in the league. Their EPA was fifteenth um, when they when they did bring pressure. Uh, middle of the field closed, forty-eight percent of the time. That was tenth most in the league. Their EPA was twenty-third and the middle field open. Coverage was 39% of the time. That's 18th most in the league. Their EPA was 24th. So if you were to build a scouting report around these guys, what you would say is they like to bring five rushers, right? They'll bring four rushers the majority of the time, but they bring five rushers more than most defenses. Okay. And uh they play middle field close forty-eight percent of the time, which is significantly higher than their middle field open. That was thirty-nine percent. So middle field close, single high safety, bring in five, and they're playing uh uh, a little more, uh you know, they're playing more zone just like every team does 58% of the time, but man coverage 27% of the time, 14th most in the league. So the EPAs are not beautiful, right? That's why I want to point that out. All right, now that doesn't mean that they can't be great here. Let's talk about the individual performances with Denver secondary, okay? According to PFF, let's cross-check. This one will make your eyes hurt, ladies and gentlemen. The Denver Broncos, I keyed in on coverage, coverage grade, according to PFF, we know Christian Parker was the DB coach, okay? Again, you see it, you got to say it. Let's hope these numbers – let's hope we look back next year and go, didn't matter. They just had a horrible roster, and Christian Parker was a a secret weapon just waiting to be identified, right? But their coverage grade was 31st in the league at Mm 48.4. To put that into perspective, perspective, Green Bay's coverage grade was – 73.5. 73.5. They were 17th in the league. So now there's you can look at it two ways, right? One of two ways you can look at it and go, man, our our coverage is probably going to drop, seeing that he didn't have that much luck with Denver's DBs. Others can be optimistic and go, you know what? You've got Jair Alexander back there. Um, you can't say you're bringing Savage back. We don't know for sure yet, right? Maybe he can take Green Bay secondary that did great out as a 73.5 and flip it and make it even better get them close to the top 10 that could be the case right let's hope that happens but again we have to point out they were the second lowest graded coverage team in the entire nfl last year okay so when we dive into the individual grades coverage wise we sort it by coverage their top their highest graded cover guy can't believe i'm about to say this there's only two snaps but was dj jones he's a defensive lineman guys um he had two coverage snaps, and he graded out seventy-six point two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kareem Jackson, safety, um, had you know two hundred seventy-three coverage snaps. He graded out seventy-six point one. Someone else pointed this out earlier. Let's be optimistic, right? Um, Darnell Savage had his highest graded season when Christian Parker was here under Petten. There's a little, all right, little silver lining, right? Maybe, maybe. If he does bring a little bit of the Mike Pettin approach back to Green Bay, maybe the safety play increases a little bit. I don't know. Just trying to look at some of the positive. Um, Riley Moss graded out as a 65.0, but only 21 coverage snaps. Patrick Sertan, the second. All right, you guys know he was supposed to be, you know, a stud coming out of the draft, right? His coverage grade last year was 64.7 under Christian Parker. Um, Josie Jewell. Linebacker 64.2. Zach Allen, another defensive lineman. a while these defensive linemen getting a lot of coverage, uh, uh you know, snaps here, Tim, but that's uh you may see Preston Smith out there covering a little yeah,
2: bit. Here we go.
3: <laughs> Justin Simmons safety 63.4. I'm not gonna go down the entire list, but you guys get the picture, right? Um, not good coverage grades, just to be completely honest about it. And again, this isn't everything, but we're gonna we're gonna look at it now. When you look at Nfl team opponent pass yard or opponent yards per pass attempt okay they take the amount of passing yards and divide it by passing attempts and that gives you the opponent yards per pass attempt right pretty pretty good metric to to gauge all right how good was our pass defense Denver's 27th in the league at uh at 6.9 yards per attempt to put that into perspective Green Bay was 18th at 6.7 so again take it as you will not not trying to say hey we're doomed because those numbers were so bad in denver i don't think anyone would argue the fact that i feel like we do have a little more talent in green bay i don't know necessarily in the db room other than uh other than jire alexander you know we didn't grade out that well either individually but as a team we did grade out pretty well which coverage grades also spills into linebackers too so You've got to kind of give Christian Parker a little bit of grace there, too. Right. So um, he's obviously was coaching up the linebackers. So, yeah. Tim, what do you think about those numbers, man? Don't be too doom and gloom on me here.
0: No, I'm not. I mean, I'm you know, we joke about that. But hey, it's a different we're, we're not Denver. Um, and you look at the talent we have on our team. You know, we're not that secondary room. Um, not to say that, uh, you know, Christian Parker wouldn't have his work cut out for him here. Um, you know, doing a new install, getting guys ready to go for week one here on a you know a team that's on the rise, and really you know it's not a secret the defense is you know the defense here in Green Bay improves, we're going to a Super Bowl. It's I mean it's that it's that simple. That's what we're away from. We're a top ten you know borderline top ten defense away from really being able to get over the hump and win these playoff games. You know, get ourselves in position to bring Lombardi home. And, uh, I know that's the goal for this team young or not. That's the goal every year. Right. Um, so I think that, you know, putting him here with, you know, Ja and our, our secondary, I could see potential there. Um, and, you know, like it was said in the chat, you know, it's not a bad look having a DC that, uh, you know, is secondary minded as far as, you know, his approach, you know, the guy's a, a DB guru or DB coach his, his entire career. Um, some of our bigger concerns have, have come in the secondary and on the back end on some of these uh, when we look at the chalk talks and some of the tapes. So, I mean, you know, I I don't think the the negative side of some of those numbers uh, is all we should be looking at. We should be looking right. at the man, the coach, the uh, the exactly. style, you know, uh, what what is he going to try and do? How much uh, control will he really have? Like you mentioned, this may be a lot of, um, you know, Matt LaFleur has his hand in, all of these rooms he's made that very public that uh you know he's he's the head coach and he's gonna have influence over the d the special teams and the offense you know so um yeah man i wouldn't look too hard at the uh the denver numbers you know let's not forget they beat us last year so (laughs) (laughs) there is that (laughs) no doubt
3: margin Cron said as long as we can close the show with jacob's conspiracy corner (laughs) i don't even know what y'all are talking about but i'm i'm on board with that i love it Love it, love it, love it. Let's see here. Uh what else we got in the chat? Um all right. Let's oh, just roll through real quick. Uh, yeah, Doug <laughs> says uh you, you guys see the picture of Tucker Kraft ice fishing, burning a grit and drinking a bush latte uh, bush latte. You see I did, that? I did see that. I said that's that's my I went, that's my tie Yeah, that's my
0: uh, he fits in pretty good up here. He does. You know, gotta love it, man. Little beer on the back of the truck, ripping ice a lung dart, you know, gotta love it.
3: And how about uh, Jordan Love? Was at, was he at a Marquette game? Am I thinking right?
0: Yeah, that was Marquette.
3: Pretty cool, right? Most most guys exit interviews. Let's get out of the cold weather. Let's go to Cali. Let's go to Florida. Jordan just kind of.
0: Yeah, let's right down to Milwaukee. Go to a game. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> with, with my QB3. I love it. Yeah. Him and Magoo hanging out. That was great.
3: Maybe the conspiracy report tonight should be uh, the fact that some people thought that that was Brian Gutekunst in the picture with him. That was confirmed that was not Goody. Sitting at the basketball game with him, although the, the the Rogers haters came out of the woodwork. Yeah, he would never go with Rogers. when I'm going, you idiots, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: so <laughs> like, funny. People jump on things so fast. I love it. To try
3: to prove a point they were making a year and a half ago. Uh, pretty wild. But, yeah, I love Tucker Kraft man. He's playing his cards absolutely perfect, man. He uh, he knows how to fit in for sure. Yeah. Um, Hey, a- a- F- M- Roth says Packers Total Access NASCAR jackets, question mark. We didn't, can probably pull didn't that You see out. that
0: on the merch website. <laughs>
3: yeah, we'll, we'll work on that, man. We'll get you guys a uh, – we got koozies out there, which, by the way, the merch shop is, is up and running. We got some pretty cool stuff in there. I know people were asking before. It's not something I'm going to promote on here often, but people were burning me down about it. We got it up. We had to take it down. I felt like an absolute, you know, uh, failure. Of a podcast host because everybody was excited. We have multiple orders placed. They got canceled, but it should be up and going now. So everything's a work in progress for sure. But uh, yeah, I didn't see it on the merch store either. There a fan, but I would I wouldn't mind to have NASCAR jacket, right? I wouldn't. wouldn't you see Paul's out.
0: comment underneath there. What did Paul say? Let's see. In the start, we could debut those on our show. <laughs>
3: <laughs> could you imagine those three knuckleheads sitting around in NASCAR jackets? Oh man, <laughs> to each other constantly talking about the election getting us canceled, you know, the whole nine yards. Jen Wright says, uh, this D beat us. Talking,
0: That's what she said.
3: (laughs) Tim, that was absolutely perfectly played. Um, Yes, their defense, Jen, their defense did beat us. You're correct. (laughs) That is correct. I like, uh, yeah, I'd rather say it that way. Eric Sullivan says, if we want a Petten approach, bring back Petten. You know, that's a a fair comment, Eric. I thought about that earlier too. But to me, it kind of feels like, it feels like Lafleur didn't want Patton around because Patton had a little more experience than him, you know. And and I don't, I'm not, I'm not saying that to take a, a backhanded shot at Coach Lafleur. It's just he's kind of looking over his shoulder at, hey, this guy's got way more experience than me. Maybe he was kind of controlling the meeting rooms. You, I mean, you you remember Aaron talking about him? Aaron loved him. Aaron was like Coach Patton, Coach Patton, Coach Patton. Next year they fired him. That's probably another reason he was ticked off. Like, damn! Every time I, every time I brag on somebody, they get rid of him, right? So you kind of understand that. But yeah, I don't. I understand what you're saying, Eric. But this may be the next big thing. This might be the next, you know, uh, young phenom of a coach. People forget how young Belichick was when he got started, right? Like he wasn't quite as young as him. But Belichick's been coaching. You know, he's followed his dad around forever you know when his dad was coaching and he was just a young boy he was charting games and and getting his experience on the sideline like that and then of course you like you know mike tomlin keeps coming to mind mike tomlin was one of the youngest uh coaches to get a head coaching job right um so you know maybe it's maybe you strike gold like that and like a fan pointed out earlier too if he ends up getting a head coaching job there's draft compensation because he's a minority coach too because you're showing hey look we're willing to hire anyone it's not just a you know uh, one of those things. I-, I love that, too, that it wasn't like uh, we're just going to fulfill our our need to interview minority coaches. It feels like they really, really like this guy right off the bat. Yeah.
0: I think I that think has little thing. to nothing to do with it. Right. We want the best dude for the job. Absolutely. I don't care if he's purple. Yeah. It doesn't matter. All right? Absolutely.
3: And and it's what I love about Coach Tomlin too. Coach Tomlin was always vocal about that stuff. He had a famous quote I absolutely loved. It was on a podcast I was listening to. He said, if we had a saying back, he this is exactly how he said, he said, we had a saying back in the day, which would get us canceled today. This is Tomlin saying this. He said, if you're race sensitive, you're a racist. Basically meaning if you just if you include race into anything, you're a racist, right? It should have no bearing on any decisions, uh anything whatsoever. Um, I thought that was cool. I got a lot of respect for Coach Tomlin, man talking about someone who's just done so much for the sport. Jen Wright says uh, he will make Wyatt look like a stud in coverage. There you go. I like the positivity. Get Wyatt back there like me. Huh? Take it- we need that drop. We need that drop of Raji just doing the dance. You remember the dance where he shook sh- – Oh, the yeah. On and and uh, after the pick six and shook his yeah. groove thing.
0: <laughs> the yeah, Raji the whole,
3: shimmy, yeah. The whole city of Chicago shook. Love that dude. <laughs> Andy A. Pack in the house says he has my full support. Not not Raji shaking his rear end. He's talking about uh, Christian Parker. Um, And he went on to say, assuming that he is actually hired, I like it, ha-ha, weird that the beat writers haven't said anything. I agree, Andy. That's why I'm kind of hesitant on the whole thing. I thought, why not take the pod to deep dive it in case it is true? And if it's not, just make sure we cover our bases and say, hey, we don't know for sure. But it's strange that one of them hasn't come out. And typically – Typically what happens is, like, I think Matt Schneidman is as plugged in as anyone, me personally. I think he has really good communication with Coach LaFleur. The fact that they're all quiet, I think that also lends a little credence to there probably is something there, and there's something just holding up the finalization of it. So they're all probably being told by sources, nobody say a word. Don't say a thing until it's finalized, right? But if they were – if they weren't hearing anything, let's put it this way: they would come out and say, "Hey, I haven't heard anything about Christian Parker." They've done that type of stuff before. But the mm-hmm. fact that they're not saying anything at all, and I poked them a little bit on Twitter, as you guys may have seen, I tagged three of them: I tagged Rob Domofsky. I tagged uh, Jason Wildy, and I tagged Max Schneiman. Like, hey, are you, is there any kind of any kind of confirmation whatsoever to this? And um, nothing, not a peep. So, um, not that they would communicate with me anyway. I don't know any of them personally. Obviously, I'm just big fans of their work, but. Um, yeah, they, uh, that to me, if you said, all right, why aren't they saying anything at all? I think it le- it, it leans more towards they're probably hiring him, to be honest with you, because someone in the room just told him, hold it close to the vest.
0: Or at the very least, he's the front runner for sure. Yeah, exactly.
3: Know. Yeah, definitely. Yep, I agree. Um, Doug says, uh, Andy Herman retweeted the original report. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that Andrew, the one who, kind of had the first tweet there, um, if I could find it again, Andrew Murdy. Um, I'm pretty sure he actually worked for Packaday, too. So um, he's done some work with Packaday. I'm pretty sure that was in his bio. So um, Andy, obviously, going to support his guy there, too, and rightfully so. He feels feels confident that, that it's true. So, again, appreciate Andrew allowing us to share the tweet. And, and you know, like I said, I didn't want to put him on blast and be like, well, this guy's saying it. We don't know if it's true or not. He feels really good about a source. So there you go. Um, I'll comb back through the chat, Tim, anything else you want to add to the conversation right now as I kind of line up through here and see what we got?
0: Um, I just, I got to think that, um, you know, you, you think they're going to wait to see what happens tomorrow, you know, like what could with, be, you know what I mean? Like who else is going to be able to be interviewed? We'll, we'll find that out after, you know, conference championship week here. Um, so Mm -hmm. I, I, got to think that, yeah, if you want my best speculation, sure. Um, you know, Christian Parker is probably the front runner, uh, and they probably keeping this tight lip because maybe there's a couple more interviews that need to take place. Yeah. I don't know.
3: What about this too? What about, Hey, yeah. I mean, you, you pretty much said it. I'm going to say the same thing you just said, Tim, but what if they did tell Christian? and listen, we're just, you know. We're spitballing here. All right. The quote yeah. draft
0: day. Pure What's speculation there? on our part.
3: What if they told Christian, hey, look, you're our front runner. Uh, you've you've you're gonna have the job if we can't land this, you know, we can't we got two other candidates ahead of you that are on teams that are still playing. You know, I don't know how common that that type of activity is. It's probably rare, but that they you could have been vague and
0: just said, Hey, you're the guy, but we got a couple more interviews. You know, yeah, we got to go through our process. That, yeah. Just leave it right. at that, you know.
3: Could have been. Um, yeah. But, hey, for those – I know nobody's in the chat like this right now, but if you're watching this and going, well, we shouldn't be talking about it at all anyway, just don't watch. You yeah. know, that's like the whole McAfee thing. Everybody who hated Aaron Rodgers being on McAfee, it's like, you know, you don't have to watch. <laughs> Why are you tuning in if you hate it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because I know there's people on Twitter they are going, can we just not wait? Can we just wait? Uh, you can. I'm not. I'm going to have a conversation. So, get over it. Um, if you guys want to uh, scan that QR code in the upper right for Packernet Podcast, if you'd like to uh, subscribe to the Packernet Podcast Network, it's where you can find this podcast and other great podcasts like Jake Shabinks. It's Always Draft Season Podcast. ton of content going out there. Um, obviously on his YouTube channel and with Packernet Podcast. Uh, Ryan Schlip with the Packernet Podcast, uh, the podcast itself, the flagship podcast, if you will, daily podcast, great content there, obviously. And uh, he also does uh, Packernet After Dark, where you guys can actually get a number, call in, leave him a voicemail, and uh, he'll uh, he'll play it on the podcast and answer your question or respond to your comments. So really cool setup there. Again, that's Packernet Podcast. Just scan that QR code, and that will uh, send you – Directly there. Appreciate y'all supporting that. Um, yeah, let's see what else we got here in the chat. Um, Ink said, I'm pretty sure, uh, Andy Herman said Parker is who he wants to, you know, <clears throat> the thing, the thing I am asking though, for people who are saying, yeah, Parker's my guy and I'm not trying to be rude or, or, you know, uh, you know, manipulative or anything. I'm genuinely asking why is he your guy? And, and the majority of the people, it seems like the answer is he's young, right? And that's great. He can, young, connect with the players. I got you. But I'm just not finding any any hard data that says, whoa, this dude has really succeeded other than the way he's risen in the ranks, which tells me if he is the front runner and they're planning on hiring him, man, he must have knocked that interview out of the freaking park. And that's exciting. That's a plus, right? And you can go in there, a little bit of pressure on your shoulders. All right, I got to put, I got to, I got to, perform here and convince these guys that I'm the guy and you knock it out of the park with, you know, the analytics, the statistics we just laid out about how bad the Broncos pass coverage was last year. That's pretty impressive, you know, in itself to, to be able to approach it that way. So, um, yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got. I see you marked one here, Tim. Let's hit it. Doug Pointer in the chat says, I frequently tell people that if you have an interview, they want to hire you. All you can do, is lose it in the interview. Of course, the NFL is a strange organization.
0: That's a yeah, great point. I mean, if you get a call stuff. back, you're putting resumes out, you're applying, you get a call back, they want they want you to come in or they want to do an interview. That's a pretty good sign that they're interested in you. And yeah, you absolutely. can basically only work your way down from there. Uh, you either close close the deal or keep looking for a job, right? So, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's right though. The NFL is its own, own monster. So,
3: yeah, absolutely. Mike Hebring in the chat says, uh, does Matt just want a yes man again? I, you know, it it kind of feels like that a little bit, you know, like I want a guy who's just going to do exactly what I tell him to do. Hey, look, you guys go do the work the week before prior. The scouts will bring the information. All right, here's how I think we should attack it. Yeah, Christian, here's what we should do. Here's what I think the game plan should be geared around. Go make it happen. Um, I'm not saying that's necessarily a bad thing, but it does kind of feel like uh, Matt, you know, Coach LaFleur, I should say, Um, he's not looking to hire anyone that's got more experience than him, right? And the, the thing that worries me the most about Coach LaFleur, and he's done an excellent job, don't get me wrong, it's working and, and I love him. You guys know, I went into this year going, it, it would take them only winning three or four mm-hmm. games before I would think he should lose his job. I think he should be safe having the youngest roster, give him a year or two to see what he can do with this new look Packers but, um at, you know, I think it's good for coaches to have coaches. And I just don't know who Matt LaFleur's coach is. You know, like, going all the way back, um, just a little history lesson here. You know, Lombardi was a basketball coach. Many people don't know this. He actually coached high school basketball. Never, Never coached basketball in his life. Bought a handbook on how to coach basketball. And if I remember correctly, he took his high school team to the state championship. Like, just excelled at it, right? One of the players he coached on that, his name was – I know I'm going to butcher the name. It was Mickey – I can't think of the last name, but his first name was Mickey. And Mickey ended up coaching a basketball team later on. It was either high school or college. Bill Parcells played for Mickey. And I can look up the name get you guys the exact name. That ended up being Bill Parcells' personal coach. So, he coached him in basketball, and he knew he had fruit on the tree because he had learned from Coach Lombardi just leadership skills on how to coach and everything. And everywhere Parcells went, he took Mickey with him, right? That was his personal coach. There's many people that are like that. You know, Bill Belichick, his dad was his personal coach, Stephen Belichick. Steve Belichick, I should say. Steve Belichick, senior. Um, they – you know, that was kind of his personal coach. And then later on, he had uh, Ernie, uh, Ernie Adams – Right. Ernie Adams ended up being like Lombard or uh, ended up being Belichick's right hand man. And he was kind of a guy that he would bounce ideas off. He was like his personal coach, essentially. They were they were more. I don't know. They were more even, I guess you could say, than, you know, obviously his dad, Steve, as, as a coach from a coaching standpoint. But great coaches have coaches. And I just don't know who the floors is.
0: You know, it's probably you know? Rich Pisaccia at this point would be your closest in that could category. Be. Right.
3: Good point, Tim. Could be, that could be the guy that he leans on. He's got way more experience than Matt been around the league for a, a lot longer. That could be, and there could be someone behind the scenes that we don't know about, right. And they just don't let you know, that could be the case. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying on the surface, not knowing who his personal coach is, that does kind of get me going, Hmm. You know, is he trying to do all this on his own type thing, you know, and yep. and don't get me wrong. There's plenty of people around him. He's got plenty of man hours around him to help him. But uh, yeah. So. All right, good stuff. I like what Donald says here. Donald says we all said the same stuff about Matt LaFleur at first. It's very true, Donald. I remember I was the one going, we got rid of Mike McCarthy to bring in a guy that we don't even – like who didn't even succeed last year. Like he was, he was a bad OC. Like what are we doing here? And then he comes in and wins 13 games, 13 games, 13 games. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can
4: call me anything you want, but don't call me anything. <laughs>
3: And then you start digging a little bit deeper, and you go, "Oh, wait a minute. Okay, he got the most out of Jared Goff with L.A. Oh, before that, he was the quarterback coach when Matt Ryan won MVP. Oh, before that, Robert Griffin the Third, RG three, won Rookie of the Year with him as his quarterback coach.
0: Okay, now I'm seeing. Any, and he won in Tennessee with uh, Marcus Mariota of all people. So, uh, and it
3: and they they had a good year, but their offense was considered bad. Yeah. As well had a good year, right, Um, as a team. And and there's a lot of that comes into play, too. And that might be why Hillman, uh, he and uh um Vrabel butted heads. You know, yeah. we heard about that coming out for sure. Here we go. My man, Mano, coming through in the clutch, says, Clayton, it was Mickey Corcoran. That was Bill Parcells' personal coach. Give you guys something to watch tonight when you lay down. Uh, if you're like me, I put something on YouTube on the phone every night. And usually it's like words of affirmation and – maybe some Bible scripture, something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm such a bad person. I need that going into my brain every night. <laughs> Just trying to get a little better every day. <laughs> but if I lay down and watch a documentary or something, I'll give you one. If you go to bill Parcells, of football life, you'll be able to find it on YouTube. You'll see plenty of Mickey Corcoran in there and you'll get, you'll get the, uh, you, you'll understand what I'm talking about as far as his personal coach. I think that maybe that original football life was called the man in the mirror or something like that. But, man, it's such a good one, such a good one. Mickey Corcoran was a no-nonsense type of guy, too. I love it. Um, I'm a big Bill Parcells dude, too. I like that tough loving, you know, yep. uh, that type of coach that cares enough about a player to light a fire under their rear end and tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, right?
0: So, right. Most young players take that take that wrong. They think, oh, the old man's being hard on me, and he's not, you know, he's just ragging on me, he's dogging me out. And it's like, dude, they're they're doing that because they love you and they see the potential that you have as a player and care enough. I mean, look at, I know this makes me cringe, but you have to give credit where credit's due. I can't stand Detroit, but I mean, look at Dan Campbell, what he's done with that, that organization. It's the same thing. Those players know that dude will lay down in front of a train for them. And they're going to go out there and they're going to play for their coach and for each other. And um, so that has to be respected for sure. And um, yeah, you got to have a little of that in your locker room for sure.
3: Yeah, no doubt, man. Andy A. Pack in the chat said there was an article that laid out his history. He he has uh, experience under Petton, Fangio, Vance, and a couple other high-level college coaches. Spoken about highly. That's why I would be cool with the hire. Got you, man. Yeah, I knew he was under Petten. Um, I assumed he had Fangio ties, and I knew he was under, like I said, Vance uh, here of lately, which Vance's coaching history was pretty remarkable, too, seeing how many places he had been in. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a good coach too, for sure. Um, let's see. Drew D says, Mike McCarthy was also the unsuccessful hire himself from when he was with San Francisco." That's a good point. That's a very yep. good point, Drew. I love. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the clip, and I don't think it's in the legacy documentary. I think it was in a. It might have been in a, uh, the uh, America's game about the Super Bowl year, but they talked about when Mike McCarthy got hired. You know, he was he was an uh, a quarterback coach here, I believe, way back in the day. Then he went to San Francisco, and then he came back to Green Bay. When I mean, he came back to Green Bay, when uh, when uh, Ted Thompson hired him, he said, "As soon as I walked through the door, it was like I'd never left." Ted shook my hand and said, "Welcome home, Mike." That's what he said to him. And he was like, "Man, this is it's, you know, it's just it's so cool, you know, the ties that people still work themselves back to Green Bay."
0: There's truth to once once a Packer, always a Packer. Is a very true yeah. statement. Yeah, absolutely, man.
3: Completely agree. Completely agree. All right, we're just hurling insults at each other in here in the chat now. I love it. Looks like they got someone else involved. Who we got? Margin. Uh, yeah, AFAM got margin involved in the robbery. It might be a a tag team match there before it's over. I don't know. All right, hey
1: hey, 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 yeah. That's just the way we talk in the Clink.
3: <laughs> exactly correct. <laughs> um, Doug says Pat McAfee in the Royal Rumble tonight might have to watch this one delayed. I digress. Is he really going to be in the Royal Rumble tonight, Doug? If so, I'll turn it over on Peacock and check it out. I like Pat, man. I know people people don't see that as important and stuff. You know the whole wrestling thing, and they don't like it. And I get, I don't watch wrestling either, but it was really cool to see Pat do that a couple of years ago because that was like a lifelong dream of his. And to for the people who talk crap about Pat McAfee, he's done nothing but be successful. And I noticed that some of the podcasters that don't like him. It just reeks of jealousy. It really does. Mm. And, you know, they're jealous of the fact that they've got such chemistry on their podcast, too, that they just got a bunch of buddies together talking ball, cutting up, and having a good time. Um, I don't understand the hate. I really don't. And, again, if you don't like it, don't watch it. It doesn't mean you got to try to tear it down, you know. I try not to tear things down that I don't watch. There's a bunch of stuff I don't watch. My goodness. Um, But, yeah, that's kind of cool if he is in the Royal Rumble. Um, He's a a big draw. There's no doubt about it, man. Um, Fans love him for sure. Tim, let's wrap this big bear up. What else you got, man?
0: Uh, excited to keep clicking refresh and see who the, <laughs> see who the, uh, who the DC announcements going to be. I don't think we're going to get anything till next week. Um, personally, as far as any, anything confirmed or, or even close to being official. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll echo Matt Lafleur's sentiment. I'm a little bummed. We're not getting ready for a pregame show tomorrow, uh, with our Packers taking on the lions. So, uh, got a couple games tomorrow to watch, uh, enjoy it while you can. There's not a lot of football left, uh, until next season. So just looking forward to a good morning Lambo tomorrow, you know, and, uh, continuing to speculate and hopefully we'll figure out who the hell our DC is going to be here and what we're going to run. And we can start diving into, uh, all the analytics and all the things that we want to do during the off season. So, um, yeah, just man. looking forward to finally finding out, um, you know, you can be patient and also do your research. So, uh, it's an interesting time right now to be a fan. So, I'm just looking forward to enjoying the last little bit of football we got left, uh, tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, onward and upward, man. We look forward going forward.
3: Definitely. Judy in the chat said, Pat McAfee gains success through trust with the players. The media always tries to spin anything the players say. Big difference. There you go. Um, yeah. And I, and I hear some people say he never asked Aaron Rodgers the hard questions like, his buddy man like why are you gonna my knee um like why are you gonna try to embarrass your friends like no one would do that right and then aaron would never come back on the show so what's the point it's just it's bad business for sure um paul robertson says margin gets frustrated when his bathroom towels aren't folded correctly (laughs) i love it i love it let's see uh R. says you don't at least talk with Wink when you think you're a legit contender. Seems weak to me. Um, Wink's got a bad rep, man. He does. There's no there's no two ways about it. Everywhere he's went here recently. It's ended bad. He's ended up leaving a new organization, you know, like voluntarily, like he doesn't want to be there again or he storms out of a meeting with coaches and it's like, Bro, how many times is this going to happen? Someone pointed out, you know, I just knew of him leaving Baltimore was strange. I remember the insiders talking about it like, yeah, it's just they decided to part ways. So it was like they didn't see eye to eye. He goes to the Giants. He cussed them out in a meeting and left and just went to Florida. He went MIA for a few days while the rest of the coaches were doing their year in, you know, roundabout or what have you. That looked weird. But then someone pointed out that that's not the only two places that's happened. I can't remember where they said, but there was another place that he left the organization like that. So I don't know, man. I guess like, like I always say, man, um, if everywhere you go, it smells like crap. You might want to, might want to check your boot. Probably you. Judy says, ignoring wink is good for our culture. (laughs) Hey, seriously, I think there's something to that. I really do, man. I really do. Um, yeah. (laughs) Doug says wink is shaking fist at clouds guy. (laughs) I love it. Mm -hmm. Our shower says wink is hard. Uh, we could use some edge. Um, I, I don't know, or, or showers. I kind of disagree, man. I don't, I think that that fake tough guy stuff just doesn't work. I really do. Um, you know, it's one thing to, if you are a tough guy, yeah, that carries weight. If you're quiet and you go out there on the field or you go out there and you coach your rear end off, but the giants weren't, you know, nothing to ride home about this year. Right. It wasn't like he came in there and bam, all of a sudden this team is just excellent. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just look at it a little bit different than that. Um, I'm a man. I'm 40. Hey, a- A-F- AFAM says, who's Wink?" Welcome to the chat, AFAM. Appreciate you, buddy. Good to see you in here tonight. <laughs> Doug Pointer says, do you guys think it takes genius or respect to be a successful D.C.? I think a good combination of both, man. Your players have got to respect you or they're not going to take your game planning serious. You know, think of that training camp video of uh, that everybody, you know, everybody loved to make, uh, make fun of uh, Motor City Dan Campbell, right, the Lions head coach. And you look back at some of his training camp videos where people are like, this is cheesy. What wasn't cheesy to the players. They bought in. They like – and he, he was talking – I think Jacob brought it up on the podcast the other night when he was on here with us. You know, being out there – they were out there running and, and doing two – I can't remember what they were doing. It was something strenuous. He's like, guys, I wish we didn't have to do this. I wish there was an easier way. But we've got to do it this way. We have to. I wish there was a way we could get around it. But this is what it's going to take to be great, is essentially yeah. what he's saying. Um you know, I think that his team respects him. And did you see that injury list? You see how many of them are playing injured, Tim? Yeah. They're laying it all out there for that dude. You know. And I'm not trying to knock our team or any other team. I'm just saying, this isn't an opportunity to bash people. It's an opportunity to lift Detroit up and go. You gotta give them credit, man. They're all yeah. going out there playing banged up, and there there's no excuses. They've they've inherited that grit that that Dan Campbell talked about. So yeah,
0: respect is a huge factor. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going to take you a long way. Uh, a lot further than the whole idea of authori- um, authoritarian or disciplinarian kind of approach. I mean, look, you got got 23 year old kids with, you know, a lot of money and they're playing pro football. It's really hard to if you think you're going to be some some boomer screaming at the kids on the sideline and think that that's going to get get results, you're you're sadly mistaken. You know, the league, the league itself is younger. This game is changing and evolving. Um so you, you got to have your players respect first. You hit it on the head, Clayton. You're not going to, are not going to give a damn what you're calling if they don't respect you. So I think that's a huge part of it.
3: Yeah, definitely. Mitch staff in the chat says, has Leslie Frazier been contacted for an interview? Um, Hopefully you know, not. It's funny you mentioned that because Leslie Frazier had a fallen out with, uh, with Scott McDermott last year. Right. So another, another coach that they didn't see eye to eye and, decided to part ways and then Leslie Frazier ain't getting a it't getting the job as at this point at least up to this point I don't think Leslie Frazier's is a bad coach I'm just saying that's that's on the resume too that hey mm-hmm. he couldn't get along with his head coach right so yeah it is what I it think is he's a good
0: guy. coach I really do a lot of respect for Leslie Frazier but you look at track record too you know he's he hasn't gotten his defenses over the over the hump either you know right and right. another OG, right? Leslie's been around in the game for, for many years. So if we're trying to go young, I don't know if we want to look in that direction. Yeah, for sure.
3: Our Showers is going on a, a little bit of a rant in here on how the all the soft DCs we had, say Capers, Patton, Rhodes, Gross. Dom Capers is a hard one for me, Our Showers. How many DCs in the league have a have a Super Bowl ring? I'll wait. Yep. <laughs> You know, you go back and watch that 2010-2011 defense, solid, absolutely solid. So, yeah, um, you you will know them by the fruit, right? You will know them by their fruit. Amen. Dom Capers' his players absolutely loved him. He's a Super Bowl-winning D.C. He's been a head coach in two different spots that I know of, Carolina and Houston. Um, just one of those guys that's well-respected around the league. He's he you know listen to Kevin Green talk about Dom Capers you know you go back and watch the old tapes of the late Kevin Green the late great Kevin Green talking about Dom Capers listen to Greg Lloyd talk about Dom Capers and Darren Perry, Darren uh, Perry and 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 all those great defensive players for uh, for uh, Pittsburgh back in the nineties right love Dom Capers Dom Capers a hell of a coach hell of a coach um, yeah he says uh, Capers was nice for a couple years true but then. Could it be that the league is cyclical like we always talk about? You know, offenses get paid, too, man. They catch on, right? sorry right. It is what it is. But, uh, all right, we're going to get out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all. We went a little long, but I, I could talk just, just straight NFL coaching all day long, man, for sure. But, uh, yeah. What is this right here? What does this even mean, Tim? Read it. Clayton 316. <laughs> it's got the skull emoji with a beer and a truck. Oh, man. I love oh, it. Anytime I see the truck, I just want to hit this. There you go. Clayton 316. That's hilarious. <laughs> is there a more redneck name than Clayton, by the way? Like seriously. Is that I mean it's I'm named after my dad, right? But it's funny, my middle name is Thomas. And people know I'm a history nerd. And they're like, Oh, were you named after Thomas Jefferson? No. Thomas Edison? Now, I was I was named after a guy named Leslie Thomas Stockdale. You know who that was? That was the night shift manager that my dad worked for at a liquor store. True story.
0: <laughs> Appreciate you. I well, love how you ask me, "Do I know who that is?" Knowing right. that there's no way I'll <laughs> no know
3: way possible, no way possible. And it's funny because like six months after I was born, Dad got fired there because he got into a fist fight. So can't make this stuff up. <laughs> Roadhouse. Really, uh, really did think that one through, pops. I love you, but now that's and you know what my sister's name is, Leslie. <laughs> you love it. He named oh, his it. children after a guy that he never talked to again. You gotta love it, Drew D. Say Clayton, how do you keep your shoes so white? What are you talking about, Drew D? Oh, you seen the picture? Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm the guy that never leaves the house. So when I do leave the house. I got yeah. a pair of Air Force Ones I throw on, and they just stay clean as a whistle.
0: Now I'm, I'm the same way.
3: Now my you, you notice I didn't wear my boots in that picture, right? If I had my boots on, you'd be like, "That dude's homeless!" My God, they're all raggedy <laughs> and everything. I wear the same Carhartt bibs that I've wore for. Yep. I got them in 2007. No, no, it was 2005. 2005, I got those Carhartt bibs. They're still holding on, Tim. There, it's bad. But man,
1: I'm with way.
0: you. I'm the same way. Homebody all the way. If I go out, it's like I'm putting my going out clothes on that they look the same and to take care of them right
3: Uh, look at this eric sutherland said diesel trucks are destroying our climate (laughs) here we go oh my god i love it dude love it Yeah, Donald, I know what this means. He says, bro, Clayton, that's amazing. It's amazing that I grew up so so redneck. I appreciate that, buddy. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for recognizing that. R. Schauer says, that's like giving your daughter a stripper's name. It's not too far off, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Doug says, your family is beautiful, Clayton. I appreciate that, Doug. Um, I love my crew, man. That picture I posted last night on Twitter, though, some close friends. We went out and grabbed dinner, and uh,
0: I love them, man. I just... That was my first reaction, like, huh, see, someone's got a box of pizza there. Uh, yeah. Looks like some leftovers. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a pizza guy. I'll take some good pizza.
3: <laughs> we, hey, we threw it down last night, man. Oh, man. You, know, you want to hear a funny story? I don't, I don't drink much, right? Like you, you'll hear me talk about daddy soda. I'm a lightweight because addiction runs real heavy in my family, but went a little overboard last night and may or may not have made a trip to the bathroom to <laughs> throw up. A little bit. But hey. Those wings were good, boy. We we slammed wings and nachos and cold beer. People are listening, going, why am I still listening to this pot? I don't know. We're getting out of here. Tim, appreciate it. He not budget. only rambled, but he rumbled and stumbled. <laughs> <laughs> Get me talking about Bacher families, liquor store managers, throwing up in the bathroom at the restaurant. Yeah, oh, we all
0: know, know. you're going to be uh, waiting in line, first one at the Roadhouse premiere uh, for the new one.
3: Yeah, that's it is uh, – that sparked a lot of lot of conversation in my circles for sure. <laughs> so, um, it does look crappy. I'm not going to lie, guys, but I've got to watch it. My dad will disown me if I don't watch it. Most people were watching cartoons when they were a kid. That was the type of stuff that he had me watching was Roadhouse and Dances with Wolves and all this. Yeah, buddy. We were- going on five-day camping trips and i'm not talking about your normal camping trips where you're out there hunting it was just us hey boy grab a sleeping bag let's walk up here in the mountains and spend five days okay pops let's do it (laughs) grab a gun let's roll anyway appreciate you guys and gals this was fun um we'll bring y'all some more information tomorrow about camping and liquor stores and all that good stuff so uh uh, we will see y'all tomorrow morning for good morning lambo hopefully we'll have an announcement by then but like tim said i wouldn't expect it i wouldn't be surprised if it does drag into next week i think At the earliest, it would probably be around noon tomorrow that they would make an announcement, right? So uh, whenever anything does pop, if I'm near the computer, I will go live and get the info out to you guys so we can chat about it um, as soon as possible. And Tim, obviously, if you see news drop, just shoot me a text and if you're available, we you can hop on too.
0: So absolutely.
3: That being said, we're out of here, guys. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with us. Really appreciate y'all. Appreciate your friendship too, man. This is a this is an awesome crew we got in here. Mike Hebring, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Appreciate you always supporting us. Uh we will see y'all tomorrow. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go Pat, Go. It's
2: the power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play on our, our offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, uh, with the linebacker. You tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get a seal here and a seal here. Try to run this play in the alley.